0: There
1: we go. Cold open. Did you like the cold open on the last one? Fucking Logan going to town on an Oreo.
0: It wasn't an Oreo. I thought it was a Reese's.
1: <laughs> you don't like
0: Reese's?
2: I'm not a big fan of chocolate and peanut butter together.
1: What? <sighs> what? What is your problem? That doesn't make any sense. Chocolate and peanut butter are like... I was I was going to say something bad. What's What's bad about chocolate and peanut butter?
2: Nothing. I just don't think they go together very well, because the first time I tried it was, like, a hot chocolate with peanut butter
1: mixture. That doesn't sound too good, but it doesn't sound too awful.
0: I would say we can't be friends anymore, but I've said that so many times that it just doesn't even make sense.
2: (laughs) Oh, don't worry, it'd be like my dad telling me that I'm not his son. (laughs) No matter how many
1: times
0: he keeps on telling me, the DNA test proves I'm wrong. I just took a DNA test. I'm 100% your son.
2: You're bald, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: your dad's bald? It's not yeah. nice to make fun of him for being bald.
1: Yeah, is it his fault or not?
2: Well, he shaved his head.
1: Okay, so it is his fault then. So yeah, you can make fun of him
2: what he he grew up well i grew up with him call me benjamin monkey <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right that's it that's your new name
2: oh, fuck off if any of you try fucking insult me i will use my scottish insult right now
0: don't you do it we'll just save that for when we play the game when you're uh, dead and you can't communicate with us <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just <laughs> Hope you got mayor, Benjamin (laughs) I can't even say it. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, make fun. See if I care.
1: Oh my god, I'm gonna die from this boss.
2: Stop playing games.
1: Didn't we go over this before? What? You're not supposed to be playing games on the podcast where we talk about (sighs) games. (laughs) Hey, you guys are talking about Benjamin McButtmonkey, so... Benjamin Button Butt (laughs) Buttmonkey. He's an old butt monkey, and then he becomes a young butt monkey.
2: My dad must have been watching fucking Ace Ventura. That? Oh, no, not, not even. No, not Ace Ventura. Like, when did Bruce Almighty come
1: out? Bruce Almighty? Like, forever ago. Like, in 1920.
2: Yes, in the <laughs> year of 1920, where Jim Carrey's acting career wasn't so bad. Jim Carrey wasn't even thought of in 1920.
1: I'm sure there was a Jim Carrey around in 1920 that just got really sad because he time-traveled to the future to listen to this podcast, and he's like, but I was alive.
0: That's assuming anybody listens to this.
2: Funny enough. A few people on my Discord actually have listened to it.
0: Yeah, I know, because of the video that I put out on the channel.
2: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now you got to come up with something else to put up there now. Be like, every week,
1: just pop in. I was thinking, like, every time we play games together, like on the weekend and whatnot recording it and actually putting it on that channel
2: yeah i'm pretty sure Peach just said like uh the exact same thing to me when you're away in a line at gamestop
0: what did i say yeah oh my uh, god
2: like we should try get our footage together when we play together and then just like upload it that would be a good that would be a good idea
1: that line was ridiculous at gamestop I figured, like, because typically more people go in the mornings for Black Friday, and not a lot of people do the afternoon shopping, so I was like, oh, it's fine, I'll be safe. They were letting only ten people into the store, and I had, like, eight people in front of me outside the store waiting to go into the store.
2: Still can't beat my experience, what I had with a bus driver today.
1: With a bus driver? Yeah. Please, go on.
2: Basically, uh, I don't like carrying cash around with me, because, you know, the fucking virus and shit. So I'll, I always pay yeah. them with a card and like everyone else was like going on paying with cash. And then it came to my turn. No one was behind me. So my card kept on fucking up somehow and yeah, I was like, listen, the card machine isn't working, so can you get off the bus? And I'm just like, what? You <laughs> told me this like a good few minutes ago. <laughs> Now, I got off the bus, got the next one, and the card worked perfectly fine.
1: It was the same bus driver.
2: If it was, I'd be fucking human. <laughs> what pissed me off is that the bus driver wasn't wearing a mask either.
1: Oh, go figure.
2: Fucking people, then. I was, like, coming at the doctor's today. After I got my meds and there was like a bunch of really obese people not wearing masks. They like had it around their chin when they were in the pharmacy and it pissed me the fuck off. But what chin was that around? Like wear a mask.
1: I don't understand why people are so like against it and trying to be all uh, defiant of it. I actually had somebody not this week, but last week before I went to work, I went into the gas station and there was a guy that was in there without a mask and he was the only other customer in the store and he was some older guy and he sees me wearing my mask when I go in there and he's like, you know, you don't have to wear that, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the government, they are, they've they already proved that our governor was being unconstitutional by making us wear those masks. And I was like, well, I'm wearing it to protect myself from whatever you're carrying. And he just kind of shut up. He just kind of scoffed at me and then walked away and didn't, didn't make eye contact with me the rest of the time I was in the store. It's like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, th- there's signs on there. Like, businesses have a right to put a sign on their door that says we refuse service to anybody that has a mask and they they just don't like I shame on the business.
2: Don't you mean that doesn't have a mask?
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. But like the, they have signs on the doors that say we refuse the right to serve any customer for any reason or whatever. And they have a big sign on there that says masks are required to enter the store, but they don't refuse service to these people that aren't wearing the masks. So shame on the business for not upholding their rule. And shame on that asshole. For trying to pass on his propaganda to me. Somebody who's just trying not to get sick. And live my daily life. Like it's people like that. That are the reason why this shit is still going around.
2: Yeah. Have you seen how many tweets I had to send. To the fucking retail business. Called B&M. To tell them to actually get their employees to wear masks.
1: It, it makes no sense. Like. There's a reason why other countries are not having any additional COVID cases because their people are fucking smart in doing what they're supposed to be doing. Meanwhile, over here in America, you got dipshits like that and all these other people that are like, well, it's my constitutional right to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fuck you, dude. We're trying to get rid of this shit.
0: In my county, they do not require masks. Seriously? There is no mask mandate and um there is no lockdown at all where i live there are currently about 22,000 cases 22 really? people that are currently
1: in quarantine and there's no mandate whatsoever to wear masks or do any type of countermeasures
0: there is none
1: god that's ridiculous
0: um now the city right next to us completely has every mask mandate you actually can't be out at a certain time. We have to have a letter to work in this area to show to the police that we're actually meant to, to be there to work. No big gatherings, no nothing like that.
2: Like, look at Australia.
0: Australia, said?
2: Yeah, Australia's fine. Like, recently I seen uh, Kim go out to fucking karaoke. No mask needed or anything.
1: Well, I mean, this is Australia you're talking about. They have a lot worse things to worry about.
2: Yeah,
0: seriously. They actively go out and get bit by rattlesnakes in order to build up an immunity. So.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just straight out the wind, thrown into the jungle.
1: Pretty much. They don't even have to go very far. They just walk out to their front steps and they're like, oh, hey, here's a snake.
0: They don't go get vaccinations. They get injected with uh, all sorts of uh, snake and spider venom.
2: Why does Esther make me a whole movie?
0: <laughs> You're thinking of holes, probably.
2: Nah, nah.
0: <laughs> she, she has uh, rattlesnake venom for
1: uh, nail polish. Yeah.
2: Nah, holes is with the weird ass lizards.
1: Shit's crazy. I was actually reading up on some of the deadliest animals, like the top 10 deadliest animals. Uh, in the world and eight of them reside in Australia (laughs) and like the most venomous spider is the funnel web spider that lives in uh, Australia and it likes to live in residential areas and it likes to hide in your shoes
0: there's also a parasite that lives in those spiders too so nothing is safe
1: it's so common to get bit by these things and you can die within two hours of getting bit by one that every paramedic and medical professional in Australia has to keep uh, an anti-venom of that spider on their person. <laughs> um,
0: is it Australia? Have you heard about the cane toads that are poisonous? No, no. Um. Uh. So they're an invasive species, and they apparently breed like crazy. So the way that people get rid of them is literally just like purposely kill them. They like run them over and.
1: it's like open season
0: i think it's australia yeah it's open season this guy is literally on video where he's going like yeah i just run over as many as i can as i'm going down the street
1: it's like oh okay he purposely swerves on the road (laughs) in order to run them over but at least australia has quokkas so i mean it's not all bad quokkas you've never heard of a quokka nope Oh, man, they're the cutest fucking animals ever. They live on, uh, like, Nest Island, and they're indigenous to this small little island. They have no natural predators, so when people come to visit the island, they'll just walk up to you, and they'll take selfies with you and everything. And
0: Oh, that animal. I don't even know how to spell it, but I think I remember what animal you're talking about. It looks like it's super happy all the time.
1: Yes, super happy all the time. They have like the biggest smiles, but they're not allowed on the main island of Australia because if they do, they will fuck the ecosystem. (laughs) There was actually a time when one of them got onto a trash barge that was happening, uh, going by the island and made it onto the mainland. And it became like uh, a national security risk. Everybody was looking for this fucking quokka. (laughs) It was on their news and everything. They're like, you need to find this fucking thing. Don't kill it because they're, they're a protected species, but we need to find it. We need to capture it. and We need to get it out of here as quickly as possible.
2: Huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's really funny. This little, this little piece of shit. You could
1: really fuck things up, huh? Yeah. It could completely ruin everything. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea, but uh, it was a national security risk to have him on the main island of Australia. There's some
0: octopus and some uh, aquariums that kept like getting they kept escaping from their cages. So they like they kept changing the lock and the the fucking octopus was like still able to get out. Like it was super smart. It was really
1: funny. Those guys are really intelligent. It's insane. I remember I watched a video where somebody put one in a jar and it, it got itself out of the jar and unscrewed the lid <laughs> from the inside and got out. Smart motherfucker. <laughs> That's like the uh,
0: Finding Dory. <laughs> that thing's crazy.
1: Yeah. I was like, man, you do that to a human. You put a human in a jar, they're fucked. They'll just have an anxiety attack and just kill over in the fetal position and wait for death.
2: They're going to have to be fucked after they in a jar. So I got
0: a real serious question here. Why are we koalas on your f-
2: uh, f- Discord? Because I am tired, I am small, and I like to sleep a lot.
1: And when he's threatened, he will hop out of a tree and claw your fucking eyes out. (laughs) Is that what koalas do? Yeah. (laughs) You never never heard of the whole jump bear thing? No. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, like they sleep 18 hours a day, eat eucalyptus leaves, and when they feel threatened and when they're like uh, young or at risk of something, they'll just hop out of the tree, land on the face of whatever is threatening them, and claw their eyes out so they can't be seen. Huh. They're scary, scrappy little assholes. But,
2: if I had a youngling on my back and someone was about to attack me, I'd jump, grab the baby by the legs, and angle smack.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just swing it around your head and smack him. Use it as a weapon. <laughs>
2: Drop bears are
0: apparently a myth.
1: Oh no! Really?
0: Yep. It's a hoax made up by uh, Australia for uh, for tourists.
1: I wanted that to be true. I wanted it to be true so bad. Yeah, so
0: it's actually its own separate animal, and it has its own fictional scientific name, which I will never be able to pronounce. Oh. Thyl- Thylarctus <laughs> plumatus.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wonder where they got that name from. Thylarctus plumatus is a hoax in contemporary Australian folklore featuring a predatory carnivorous version of the koala. Man! <laughs> I've just ruined your day, huh? yeah. I was hoping that koalas jumping out of trees, attacking people, and clawing their eyes out was a real thing.
0: They have been known to go after, like, dogs and humans. Like, really, if they, like, feel threatened or anything.
1: Koalas are silly.
2: Apparently, they sleep a lot because they eat leaves that are very high in fiber, and it takes a lot of energy to digest them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there was an aggressive koala and a woman uh in December of twenty fourteen apparently got bit because she was trying to protect her two
1: dogs, so get fucked you ever uh what about the blue ringed octopus? you guys remember the blue ringed octopus?
2: no please don't us.
1: oh my God, that thing is fucked up so the blue ringed octopus is like the size of a baseball. You can just pick it up and chuck it, but <laughs> don't ever pick it up and chuck it because it's beak like if it bites you. It has, like, this, I, I want to say, like, neurotoxin. It basically paralyzes you and causes immense pain. So you're just sitting there. You can't move. You can't speak. Your body's on fire, and you're just screaming on the inside, waiting for death.
2: To be honest, when you said chuck it, all I imagined was someone picking up Altoid, chucking him, and all you hear is... <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, back to the states on this one, this is uh not exactly Australia, but there is a uh, a bug called the tarantula hawk wasp Excuse me, have you guys heard of this before? the tarantula hawk wasp I've
1: heard of it I've heard of it, but I know nothing about it. I knew that it was like killed tarantulas and like hid its eggs inside it or whatever, and then when the eggs hatched, they would consume the spider i think
2: that's what normal wasps did.
1: Yeah, normal wasps do that. Oh, okay. So specifically this one,
0: they're pretty, they're overall docile. They're, you know, they're not going to really mess with you unless you mess with them and don't ever mess with them. Because if you get stung by it, you won't die, I guess, but it'll be extremely painful. The only thing that any doctors have said you can do is just lay down and scream. Because that is, the safe, what? that is the safest thing that you can do if you're stung by a tarantula hawk wasp. Because you're in such <laughs> writhing pain that you will probably hurt yourself. So you just literally lay oh, down in, in the fetal position and just scream.
1: Yeah, is among the most painful of all insects, <laughs> though the intense pain only lasts about five minutes. Can you imagine, though, that five minutes must feel like an eternity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I actually watched somebody get stung by this guy
2: wasn't that like that guy who is used to being stung and bit by all these animals?
1: yeah it was like that survivor guy on youtube I think he he actually got himself intentionally stung by one and he just sat there and he was like trying to tell you how the pain felt in his arm while he was like screaming in agony
0: yeah it's brave wilderness the only thing thing that I see on this video is him just lying on the floor clenching his fist this poor guy (laughs) Why would you do this? Um, this <laughs> reminds me of the bullet ant, too, if you've seen anything on that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have. He's, he gets stung by a bullet ant, too. He decides, you know what? The tarantula hawk wasp wasn't enough. Let's get stung by a fucking bullet ant.
2: I'm pretty sure there's a tribe in Southern America where uh, all the young, when they're going through puberty, have to stick their arm and an anthill filled with bullet ants
0: well actually <laughs> they create they create gloves it's a rite of passage for men and what they do is they create gloves that have just bunch of bullet ants weaved into it oh i've seen that you've put the gloves on and then the bullet ants sting you and they actually re- i believe they release like a pheromone or some kind of chemical that tells all the other ants to sting and they all start stinging even more and harder. And you put those on for a little bit and then you take them off and you've just got to survive. You've just got to, they encourage you to dance so you can get your mind off the pain, just different stuff like that.
1: Oh my gosh, that reminds me of the pistol shrimp. The pistol shrimp? Yeah, you've never heard of the pistol shrimp? He's actually not a shrimp. No, it's like a little crab or whatever. Or not a crab like a lobster or something like
0: that. He's got two like uh, arms like underneath his face or something, and he he just he can hit something with such speed that it it can break shells.
1: Oh no 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 no! The 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 pistol shrimp has one enormous claw and one small little claw.
0: Oh, I was thinking of a
1: I was thinking of a different thing. He snaps like he snaps his claw.
2: Oh, this is actually one of my favorite Pokemon are based after. The what? There's a Pokemon based on the Pistol Shrimp that I basically use the most often. for Clauncher, that was
1: it. But uh he's got a tendon in his claw, then he snaps his claw together and it creates like a loud crack, like so loud it's over two hundred decibels and it stuns, like the sound of it stuns fish and crabs and stuff, and then it lets him move in and kill them and eat them. So he just snaps his claw and stuns people because it's so freaking loud.
0: I was thinking of the, uh, I think the mantis shrimp. Oh my God. (laughs) The final entry here will be the cone snail. You guys heard of the, you guys heard of the, it is a venomous predatory sea snail. No. You've never heard of the cone snail before? I believe some people have accidentally stepped on them. Like when they're walking through like the, the beach or something and they get
1: stung. There's have like a really long proboscis that stings you like a little like a little needle or something, yeah
2: from what I can see yes but no it's like a very long leech mouth,
0: oh okay, they use a hypodermic needle like tooth that they have and a venom gland to attack, and it's recommended not to hold them because. They can sting without warning and can be fatal. So so this is a great uh, segue into the game that we are talking about this week, because there is a level in it that
1: actually deals with poison. A level that I never got to.
2: <laughs> and also that picture I posted on Discord was a drugged up thingy snail.
0: What does that say? A b'newt-newt? Uh,
2: I meant
0: to say noot noot. Oh, okay. So you that's <laughs> penguin. all right. I was like, what the hell? Is that some weird Scottish pronunciation of a cone snail? It's a "banut noot. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: that's, that's a cone snail on N.
0: Enten- oh, make sure you don't get stung by "banut noot.
1: <laughs> it's like it's like the cute like the cute name that people give to some animals like they call like snakes a danger noodles
0: yeah yeah <laughs> scottish people yeah. call cold ban- snails ban- <laughs> ban- <noots>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey you showed us scottish disney so it's only fair
1: how did johnny die oh he was stung by a <laughs> you don't sound scottish you sound african there <laughs> Damn right I do. I can't do a Scottish accent, I just can't. Don't need to do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show us show us your best
0: Scottish accent.
2: Do you want me to be like that caring uncle who has to tell his nephew that his dog passed away?
0: I don't want to be able to understand yeah, whatever the fuck you're saying.
2: <laughs> okay. Listen, Greg, I'm sorry about your dog's being killed by a nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. That's a terrible accent because I could understand you.
2: Do you really want me to go into my neddish Scottish roots? Yes.
0: Yes. If you have to drink a little Please. whiskey,
2: I don't know. Listen, mate, I can I can I know you love your dog, but he kinda got chived by a, a benut. He kind of looked like a, a, brown, a brown thingy on the floor, just going, <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. What's a you
2: ask? <laughs> now, have you ever seen a clam sticking out its tongue? Imagine that, <laughs> but very long. <laughs>
1: Speaking of funny, we're going to talk about a game that we totally decided that we were all going to play for this week's podcast, but only Peaches did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, technically, me and Banjo played it as well, just not to the same content.
1: Hello and welcome to the Joysticks and Lunatics podcast. I am Banjo Man Dude Guy. And I am Overpowered Peaches
2: and i am the Chubby nerd logan we totally didn't forget to put this at the start
0: okay so how how far how far did how far did you guys get
2: second floor first dungeon
1: i got to the uh i got to the golem king the boss of the first dungeon
0: <laughs> okay i got to the uh the third level of the tech dungeon which is um the fourth dungeon in the game it's basically the last one, so I haven't seen what the I haven't seen what the boss is yet because I actually had to go back to town. These dungeons take a lot out of you, I got to tell
1: you. Oh yeah, they definitely do. I would know a hundred percent.
2: Same here because I have screamed so many times on that stream.
1: Uh, stream. Yeah, he streamed
0: Moonlighter. Oh, I didn't. No- Sorry, I didn't notice.
2: That's how I have proof that I played it. <laughs> I streamed
0: Moonlighter two on my YouTube channel.
2: I know you did. (laughs) At least someone pays attention to our friend's work.
1: Hey, I paid attention to yours, you paid attention to his. And nobody has to pay attention to mine, because I don't do anything.
2: No, I was taking a dig at Peach's for him not noticing my work.
0: Well, look, I'm sorry that I had other things going on.
2: Don't worry, I streamed it like at 1pm, so you would have been asleep.
1: I just, I woke up to the, uh... The notification on Twitch saying the chubby nerd Logan has started a stream, and then you had posted like on your social media that you were streaming Moonlighter, and I'm like, oh, I missed it, man. How <laughs> long ago was this? Back when we first decided, like it had to have been like Friday or Saturday last weekend. It was right when we decided.
2: Like during the week that I thought I had COVID.
1: I'm so glad you didn't have it, though. By the way,
2: yeah, so I wish I did have it so I didn't have to <laughs> fucking go to court.
1: I actually put quite a bit of time into the game. We we decided on last podcast that we were going to play Moonlighter. And Moonlighter was developed by Digital Sun, produced by 11-Bit Studio, and was released on a lot of platforms, uh, Windows, Mac, Linux, Xbox One, PS4, back in May 29th of 2018. But we only care about the Nintendo Switch release, which was November 5th, 2018, because... Wait, no, hold on. I'm the only one that played it on the Switch, and I? Yeah,
0: because I we got it for free on the Xbox Game Pass.
1: That's right. Okay, so I guess we do other, care about the other one.
2: You also forgot about a special platform it's on.
1: What special platform?
2: iOS.
1: Oh, goodness. I guess it's on iOS, too.
2: The only platform isn't Android, which is actually quite annoying.
1: <laughs> it's kind of annoying. I wonder if it's actually going to come to Android, but... I I feel like it would already be out on Android by now if the game is already two years old. It's an action RPG business simulator. Yeah, that's right. Business simulator. And uh, Peaches can go a little bit more into detail about that.
0: Yeah. So what it is that you do, you play as both the adventurer and the shopkeeper that you would usually sell stuff to. So each dungeon has their own variety of items that you can pick up as you kill enemies and then you will simply warp right back to your shop and you can set all of the items that you collected up for sale. There's a lot that goes into that, but basically you need to set the price to what your customers want. And then you'll just sell a bunch of items, collect a bunch of gold and start upgrading your stuff that way.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, When I first started playing the game, I didn't realize that buying... Okay, so you can upgrade your town in the game. You spend in-game currency to buy like a blacksmith shop. You basically invest the money into these shops to allow people a startup. So they move into town. And you can get a blacksmith there to buy armor and weapons and stuff. You can get a potion shop and things like that. I thought the blacksmith and the potion shop cost $5,000 in-game currency, not five hundred. dollars So I just spent a lot of time on the first and second floor of the first dungeon just getting, collecting all the resources and selling them in my shop only to find out that when you get the blacksmith, you need those resources in order to get new weapons and armor. And I had sold everything that I had gotten. And when I went back into the dungeon, I could never find the items I needed (laughs) to get the armor and weapons I wanted. I spent a great deal of time harvesting stuff uh trying to upgrade my my weapons and my armor so i spent a lot of time on the first two floors of the dungeon trying to collect all the materials i could trying to fight the mini bosses on those levels to get their items because they usually sold for more and just try to harvest that money so while peaches was destroying the dungeons just going through (laughs) and collecting all the stuff that he needed I spent my time on the first two floors of the first dungeon just trying to rack up money to get weapons and armor and upgrade my shop. So I actually upgraded my shop a bit, and I got some weapons. I got them enchanted through the potion shop, but I didn't go very far in the dungeons to do so. I was trying to get myself a little more powerful to do those things because my ability to play these kinds of games is just garbage
0: a lot of it is very (laughs) much about dodging and attacking just at the right time
1: yeah and i suck at that big time
0: (laughs) so with that there's a few things with this game the uh items specifically there are two types of items which are craft crafting items and sellable items So anyways, the best possible solution for you is to separate the craftable items and the sellable items and only sell the crafting items whenever you have an excess. If you're still crafting weapons and armor... It'd be a good idea to just collect a bunch of just a bunch of stuff and stack it up into your chest. And before you start even selling anything, go to the blacksmith and kind of see what items you need to get the next upgrade and then separate those items and then sell everything else. There's a bunch of little tips and tricks to sort of maximize your runs every single time and to maximize your, uh, I guess, inventory as you go through the dungeon.
1: Yeah, I found that out the hard way. That's for sure. So when you sell the items, like Peaches had said, you have to set the price. And you do that by you put the items out. And every time a customer goes to pick up the item, they have a little emoji face that appears above them. And depending on that face, you'll know if the item is price too high or even price too low because uh, if it's priced too low then they get really excited about the item and they buy it immediately and then there's also a face that you know that the price is fair and just right so you just follow those faces you watch as the customers come in and you can change the prices on the fly too so while you're manning the shop you can go over to where you have all the items on the table and you can change the prices right when somebody says oh well that's too high but if it's too low they're going to pick that item up right away and you have to sell it at that moment you can't change the price to increase the price unless you put more of that item out and you can only sell like four items at a time at the very beginning but when you get more money you can upgrade your shop to increase the amount of places that you have to set items up and you can get like a bargain bin uh, that you can put items in that are like 75% off or 50% off or whatever one that you have. You can get a cash register that encourages people to tip you a certain percentage of the items that they're buying. So what you can do is uh, you can start kind of putting – like even if you have an abundance of an item, you can put just one up there and see how it sells until you get the price right. And then you can put bundles of that item up there so that people will buy them in bulk and you get more money that way.
0: And watch out for the thieves too.
1: Yeah, that's something I never encountered.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if it's for an upgraded shop or if it's from the very beginning, but occasionally you will have a thief run in and try to steal something that you're selling. And they've even taken stuff out of the hands of people that were taking this item up to actually buy it. So he'll run for the door and try to get out. If he gets out, then you lose the item. But if you're able to roll into him in time, you'll get your item back and he'll be out of there. And you could just set your item right back, and try to resell it.
1: Oh, dang. I didn't know that they could just steal items from other people that are going to buy them. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. I noticed that he just grabbed it out of their hands and tried to make a run for the door. The only time that I missed that opportunity was whenever I was manning the cash register and I just didn't get to them in time.
1: How often did that happen? Was that just a rare occurrence?
0: It was almost a daily thing. Because if you're selling a lot of items, like,
1: probably just once a day. Now, when did that start happening to you? Like, when you got to the second dungeon or third dungeon? Or did that start happening right off the bat? Because I never got through the first dungeon.
0: I can't remember what that was like. I think it was the second shop upgrade that I got that Thieves started to pop up.
1: Now... Maybe you can enlighten me on this, too. When I had the shop open, I had a few people come in that were like adventurers, and they had a symbol above their head that showed like swords, shields, potions. Now, are those people looking to buy weapons and armor and stuff?
0: That's the only thing that they will buy. They will not buy any other stuff. The only stuff that they'll buy is bows, arrows, really any kind of weapon, even though they might have a big sword on their back. If it's a bow or a spear, they'll buy it.
1: Oh, really? So if you go to like the blacksmith and buy a weapon, can you upsell it in your shop for adventurers? Or is it only when you want to get rid of old gear?
0: I think it's really only if you want to get rid of old gear. I haven't really seen what the price difference between the two are. I do know that when you up, the more and more you upgrade the very stiff price that is, but I haven't, I don't,
1: I don't have any information on that. And what about you, Logan? Like, how how successful were you in your shopping escapades?
2: Basically, I tried my best to learn the prices on the go. Like, if I price something, just like Peter said, if you price something too high, they're sad. If you price something too low, they're too fucking happy. But I actually I actually learned the selling in bulk thing very early in the game. Like, if it's just cheap, items that you'd really want to get rid of right away the best thing to do is sell them in bulk but like sell them for like a gold coin extra
0: yeah so another element in the game is like the supply and demand mechanic that they try to put in there but there's sort of an issue with that mechanic because it really doesn't make like a whole lot of uh, of a difference. It's just that when the item is uh, not very high in demand, you just have to lower the price. You can raise the price to a certain to a certain point. Most of the time, it's just fairly consistent. The supply and demand will typically change every single day.
2: Yeah, like that was something that actually pissed me off.
0: where you have like the perfect price for something and then the person doesn't like it because it's not really high in demand.
2: And then like the next day it could be so high, so low.
0: I honestly just found that perfect price and kept it selling at the neutral point because something that happens whenever you sell an item. So you'll set the, the, the price for it. And then when you go back to sell the same item at a later time, the last price that you had on there will still be there, basically. So you don't have to re-look you know, re-look up what price the items were at in your in your journal that it's recorded in. You just have to place the item there and it's automatically
1: priced at what it was last time. Oh, and that's super nice because you also have a journal that uh, keeps track of all the items that you've found throughout the dungeon. And in there, they're categorized by... Uh, price almost they're like sorted by price it doesn't give you exact price to sell it at but it gives you like an idea of where it's at and then there's certain price markers so you'll go in and some of the early stuff will be below this line that says 275 gold and the closer they are to that line the closer you can sell it to that much money and any items that go above that line you know that they're worth more than that that 275 gold. And there's those lines every so often in there that kind of give you an idea of what you can sell your item at. So the story, just just to kind of go kind of quick, the story isn't super in-depth really. Uh, You play as a character named Will, who is a shopkeeper that has a dream of becoming a hero. So you exist in this town that... Kind of came out of nowhere because this group of dungeons sprouted out of nowhere and people flocked to them to find riches and glory and stuff like that, hoping to unlock like this fifth dungeon, like the master dungeon. In the middle of all these dungeons and because of that this town was formed around it and the town used to flourish because of this, but the dungeons were deemed too dangerous when there were far too many casualties, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, which I'll explain in a minute, but because so many people had lost their lives in the dungeon, uh, they shut the dungeons down for the most part and Only so many people are allowed to go in the dungeons. You're only allowed to go to certain dungeons depending on your skill level kind of thing. So Will starts at the very first dungeon and he's supposed to go into the dungeon, collect items, defeat monsters and stuff, and then sell those items in the shop because he's kind of tasked with restoring the shop and the town to its former glory. But that's that's it. You know, he's constantly being told to not worry about the fifth dungeon, don't go crazy just do what you can to get the items to sell and try to uh, up the popularity of your shop bring people back to the town but give up your dreams of becoming a hero but he of course as the as the player you know you want to continue forward and the the higher dungeons you get you know the more valuable items you get and certain dungeons have uh certain items that are distinct to that dungeon so As you progress, you know, you're, of course, trying to unlock this fifth dungeon. So you're a Moonlighter in sorts because you open the shop during the day, but at night you're an adventurer and you're going into the dungeon and stuff, which you don't have to go into the dungeon at night. You can go during the day. You don't have to open the shop every day, but you get better drops and better rare items at night in the game. And uh, of course the dungeons are a little bit more dangerous at night too. So there's kind of give and take there, but that's essentially the story behind it. You know, you're just trying to restore this town and your shop back to its former glory while not dying in the dungeon. And when I said about the whole not dying in the dungeon, as you go in the dungeon, you'll find uh, certain little camps that other adventurers had left. And there's little notebooks in there of their notes that they're talking about. And If you die in the dungeon, you don't really die. It's not game over. The dungeon just kind of spits you out and you lose pretty much almost all the items that you've collected, except for the ones that were on your person. So you can store items on your person, a, a few small select items on your person, and then the rest go in your bag. But you lose everything in your bag if you die. But the dungeon spits you out when you die. So you can't really die, die in the dungeon. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you just get knocked out and then it throws you out. You never truly die.
1: Yeah, and one of the papers that I had found in the dungeon had said something along those natures that you don't die in the dungeon. The dungeon just kind of spits you out and you're covered in ooey goo So the dungeon's like alive in a sense where it's just this these goo portals and you just get spit out of the dungeon when you die. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why there's casualties in the dungeon if the dungeon just spits you out when you die that that might have to do with your pendant
0: so one thing with this game is the merchant pendant and it allows you to return to your home basically for a price and actually as you go through the dungeon and as you get to the upper levels of the dungeon that price goes up and up and up so even like let's say you reach the forest dungeon or the tech dungeon that'll be priced at a much higher price than the
1: column dungeon was Yeah. And that's like, because when you enter the dungeon, you can't leave the dungeon the way you came into the dungeon, the door locks behind you. So in order to get out of the dungeon, you have to use your pendant and you can only use your pendant in rooms with no enemies. So you have to defeat all the enemies in the room or whatever before you can use your pendant kind of thing, but it costs gold, like they said, in order to get out. And that allows you to keep all of your items. Now you got to also be careful because when you open up chests and stuff and the items, uh, the items sometimes have a a qualification almost like they have to be placed in a certain part of your bag or when you return to town they will destroy a certain item in your bag. So you have to be strategic with where you put the items in your bag when you return to town to make sure that you don't lose anything valuable.
0: Something else with that as well, there are certain items that will break and what they're called they're called curses and some items will break the curse on other items. So it just depends on where you put. And you also can't stack a cursed item with a normal item. So if you have the two, they go in separate spots in your inventory.
1: you don't have to sell items in your shop in order to make money off of them. You can't sell them to other vendors, but after you get to the second floor of the first dungeon, you receive a magic mirror of sorts that any item that you place on the mirror in your inventory will automatically sell and give you gold. Now, you don 't you only get a fraction of what you would normally sell it for in your shop, so if you want to delve further in the dungeon and try to get more rare items and your inventory is full up of a bunch of stuff that uh, honestly you wouldn't sell for a whole lot in uh, their shop anyway, you can just drop them in the mirror, get rid of them, free up space, and get better items as you progress through the dungeon. Mm-hmm.
0: And usually the uh, third level of the dungeon obviously has much more rare items. And if you can beat the boss, you get uh, quite a bit of good rare items to sell in your shop. Another thing with this on top of the pendant, you can get what's called the Merchant Emblem. And this will allow you to open a portal to your house that you can return to the same spot you were in at the dungeon. So let's say you get all the way to the... Uh, third level of of the golem dungeon and your inventory is full, you're low on health and if you have the money you can open up the uh, merchant emblem and this will allow you to go back to your house, heal, put all of your items away and then go back to the door before you face the final boss and you can go in there with full health, kill him grab all the good stuff, go back to your house
1: oh that's cool, when do you get that?
0: uh i believe it is the third level of the dungeon dang that's super helpful either that or is the forest dungeon i can't remember i breezed through these pretty quickly <laughs>
2: well you do play them like for hours on end
0: yeah like uh, right after we mentioned this game i got it downloaded it and just started going to town so I have a
2: question though what up do you think someone's completed moonlighter with just the broom that you start off with
0: you know what? Uh, if they have, I want to meet them because they're the most hardcore gamer I've ever seen in my life because that broom is fucking useless. That really is. Yes, it is. Yeah, you probably get an achievement for that, though.
2: Who goes into a dungeon with a broom thinking that oh, I can fucking, you know, smack these golems? You know what? I'm going to do
0: limits? it. I'm going to stream it. You're going to go through the whole game with just the broom? I'm going to rebuy the broom.
2: Did you actually <laughs> sell your broom?
0: Yeah, I got rid of it. I didn't want it anymore. Can you actually upgrade the broom? I don't know about upgrading the broom. Uh, I did not see anything like it. It just sounded like it was a starting weapon. That's all it was. And it was likened to uh, to the spear. So with that, there are a couple different weapons you can get. You can get a sword and shield, which you can attack, obviously. But then you can block attacks with the shield. But it has a very short range you can get big swords, which are very slow, but they do a lot of damage. You can get spears, which you have a very long reach, but they're not quite as much damage as the big swords. You can get gloves, which are shorter range and can you can't block. Can you block? I didn't notice that. No, you can't block with them. Usually they come with some sort of thing.
2: You can't attack a lot quicker.
0: Yeah, you can't attack pretty quick. And then there are bows that you can equip for obviously long range attacks.
1: And you can have two weapons Yep, that you can switch between.
0: So it'd be good to have uh kind of, depending on what your play style is and how you sort of go throughout the dungeons. I have the spear and the bow because it allows me to kill enemies before they they're even able to reach me or attack me. And with the bow you're it like, let's say there's a long gap that you can't get over or something or, you know, for whatever reason, you could just use the bow on them and kill them pretty quickly.
2: Can we talk about the little jelly fucks that, like, <laughs> come sneaking up behind you and dealing damage to you? And even if you turn around and attack them, no damage is fucking dealt to them.
0: Something else that you can get in this game are, I don't know if you guys have seen them or got them yet, which are the pets. When you go throughout the game and you kill an enemy, you can get basically what is an egg and... And after a few days, it will hatch and it'll allow you to have this little uh, smaller enemy follow you around and help you with stuff. I had the jelly uh, character follow me around and I would always get hit by an enemy jelly because I did not realize that that wasn't my pet, that it was actually an enemy. And it came up and whacked me from behind.
1: Oh, dude, is that those little ones that are like next to your shop? Yeah,
0: that's what they are.
1: Oh, I had like three of those, but I never had any of them accompany me. I didn't know I could. I never investigated.
0: Yeah, so you can get one of the drones uh, that will pick up items for you. Uh, those are pretty cool. They can fly over like long gaps where you wouldn't normally be able to go. And just uh, just they do all sorts of different things, like the jellies or the fire jellies. They give you their abilities. So the regular jellies, you'll be able to stun stun enemies and you'll be able to hit them more and kill them faster. Or you can get the fire ability from the fire jelly, and you can catch those bastards on fire. So, you know, it just depends on what kind of pet you want to have come along with you.
1: Dang, that's really cool. I didn't know about that. I, didn't, I had no idea that you could get them to come along with you.
0: It just adds a lot of different inventory management to the game on... You know, what sort of status effects you want?
1: Oh, so the dungeons, they're like a procedurally generated kind of thing where not so much procedurally generated, sorry, but it's it's like a roguelite, you know, so each room that you go into is a different room. You know, you're not going to be going in the dungeon and expecting the same rooms every time, but it's set up in the same style as like the original Legend of Zelda game where you'd enter a room and that that whole screen is that room. And then some of them have doors that go up, left, right, down, kind of thing, so that you can go into those rooms after you defeat the enemies. Some rooms you don't have to defeat the enemies to skip out on, uh, but most of the time you have to defeat all the enemies that are in that room. And there's holes in the floor, there's gaps between platforms, there's also rocks that, or uh, rocky floor tiles that if you step on them, they'll break and uh, be. A pit that you can fall down into, which actually you can enter into a room and sometimes you'll see little sparkles or something in a pit. And if you go in there, you'll find hidden rooms that could have items in them and certain treasures and stuff. And there'll be a rope in the center of the room that lets you go back to the room that you previously were in. So sometimes it's not bad to explore some of those pits that you can fall in so long as you know that there's a room underneath them.
0: So with this, there are five different levels, but officially four different levels. So there's the Golem level, which it's just normal. There's no status effects that you really have to worry about. There is the Forest level, which their status effect is mainly poison. There are poison pits on the floor that if you run into, obviously you'll lose uh, some health for a little bit of time. And then there's the desert level, which it's the same general idea. There are lava pits around the floor that if you run into, you'll catch on fire. And then there is the tech level, which it's the same the same idea. There are water pits around the floor filled with electricity. You step on them, you'll get electrocuted. And then the fifth level, which is a secret one, like you had just mentioned Banjo, it is called the Wanderer Dungeon. And this is like instead of sparklies and the uh, pits, you see this green goopy stuff. Looks like it's gushing out. If you roll into that pit, you'll be able to go into the secret dungeon and bypass the entire level of the dungeon that you were at after you beat the Wanderer Dungeons boss. And you'll get a, you'll actually get a special item or a special weapon that uh, allows you to use it during your run in that dungeon and when you leave and you go back to your house that wanderer item that wanderer
1: weapon disappears yeah which i never encountered i never never encountered the the goopy uh stuff yet
2: and that's if you'd ever encountered it
0: but as you go through yeah. the game uh you get harder and harder wanderer dungeons so the tech wanderer dungeon is much harder than the golem wanderer dungeon And that's not even including the DLC, which just adds a bunch more to it as well. But I haven't seen much of the DLC.
1: Yeah, that's essentially the game. You go into dungeons, you kill a bunch of dudes, mess their shit up, steal all their stuff, and then sell that stuff to all the unknowing townsfolk.
0: So as you go, you can purchase shop upgrades, but you can also get, like Banjo mentioned, you can get other people into the town you can support their startups which is the forge uh the potion enchantment shop what's called the lev retailer which you buy the materials from him that you don't want to collect in the dungeon so let's say that you needed a particular component you just go over to him you'll buy it at a higher price but you won't have to go through a dungeon just to try to find it if you'll even be able to find it. That'd be
1: fucking useful. The
0: other thing that you can get is, uh, it, it's a it's a hawker, which basically you can buy decorations from him for your shop. And these decorations will, they do a variety of, uh, of things. They can increase the time that customers will uh, will stay in the shop. You can increase the number of customers that can come in. You'll reduce the chances of a of a thief coming into your shop. Just different stuff like that, that decorations will do. And then finally, the last thing, which is the most useless person ever, which is the banker. You don't put your money in a bank. He will actually take your money and invest it for you. And you come back maybe a day or so later, and he'll tell you the value of the money of your investments. And you have to take it by the end of the fifth or sixth day, or else you lose everything. So it's kind of like gambling with your money.
1: Oh, shit. Really?
0: So you'll put it in. He'll give you a value every single day. And then if you like that value, you can have him sell your stocks. And then you'll get a little bit extra money. I didn't really try it out all that much. Uh, The most that I got was about 36% of $10,000. So I made a little bit of money from that, but I didn't delve too far into it because, I mean, it just sort of felt like a waste of time. So (laughs) those are the five different uh, buildings that you can get in this game.
1: Now, You also can upgrade your shop and you can do like I had already mentioned earlier that there's some stuff like a cash register, bargain bin and stuff like that. But you got a few extra things that I didn't get
0: right Uh, now. I'm unsure if the if you're talking about the assistant, I'm unsure if that's DLC or not. I do know that the fifth shop upgrade is DLC. The fourth shop upgrade is just the regular game.
1: Okay, and the shop assistant mans the shop for you, right?
0: No. Well, sort of, yes. Okay, so the way the shop assistant works, when you're both manning the shop, they will go around looking for thieves and stopping thieves, but you can bundle up a bunch of items and have her sell them, and she will take 30% of the profits while you go out and you explore the dungeons to collect more items.
1: Oh, okay, cool. That's the way the shop assistant works. So she can man the shop during the day while you go to the dungeon during the day? Yes. So
0: the the reason why I didn't try it out is because I have some items that I want to keep, and I'm afraid that she's going to try to take them from the chest, uh, or if she just sells them from the uh, from what you have pre-set up. So I don't quite know how that works. There are some elements of the game that I didn't try out because I did not find them to be useful or beneficial to my progress in the game.
1: So, how how far did you... Okay, so, Logan, did you do any shop upgrades? Did you do anything with your shop?
2: To be honest, no. Oh. <laughs> As I said, like my main focus was trying to like not fucking die because you could get cornered so fucking easily in the rooms. Why do mimics hit so fucking hard?
0: (laughs) So that's something. (laughs) So occasionally you'll find a chest in a dungeon, but sometimes obviously that chest will be a mimic and these things are fucking relentless. So one good way to kind of get the first hit in is to get close and then try to whack a chest to see if it turns into a mimic instead of trying to open up the chest first.
1: Yeah, and you can't open up the chest until all the enemies are extinguished in the room? Yes. So it's locked until then.
0: Another thing with a pet, what he'll do, uh, so the pet knows what is a chest and what is a mimic. So automatically the pet will go over and whack the mimic and it'll activate him and he'll start jumping at you. So it just depends on how you kind of want to fight him.
2: That's why I kept on saying this game's unforgettable. <laughs>
0: Well, you have to use the dodge roll mechanic and attacking just at the right time. There are a bunch of different tips and tricks. I, Like I said, I typically use the spear. You have a much greater reach on top of the knockout ability that you get from the pets that allows you to attack more often, and you can kill the enemies before they're able to attack you in any way.
2: They're still assholes.
1: <laughs> they are. So there's so many times I found myself in a in a room... And I've defeated everybody in the room. I have like half health, no healing potions. And I just go, I can probably take one more room. It'll probably be an easy room. And then it wasn't. And then I died. And it sucks because that happened way too many times.
0: When you have basically an almost full or full inventory, um, just honestly, if you're just collecting items to sell, just get out. Just get out, go back to your shop, and collect gold, and then go right back into the dungeon again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's safer to not just say one more room.
2: Yeah, but that's the thing with us. We've always said one more room. <laughs>
0: that is exactly right. We've done it in Hades. <laughs> We've done it in yeah. So, I don't know if you guys encountered him or not. So, there are two ways that you can encounter a special character that you really can't kill. And it's the Wanderer Guardian. So there are two ways to find him. Uh, the easiest way for you to take too much time or not do anything in a dungeon. And then if you take too much time, suddenly a giant green blob will appear and he's completely unkillable. And he'll follow you throughout that first that one floor that you're on until you either leave the dungeon through your pendant or you kill the boss and uh, leave out that portal. So it's literally just to try to hurry you up. The other way that it can hurt you is through those sparkly secrets that you were talking about, Banjo. So occasionally you'll roll down those sparkly holes and you'll see a book on a pedestal. And if you pick it up, the Wanderer Guardian will appear and he'll follow you throughout that first floor. So it can completely ruin your run if you're planning on collecting items or beating the boss if you pick up that book. So it's this giant green blob that
1: follows you around and you cannot kill it until you actually leave. And you haven't discovered the the purpose of those books, right? You just said that they sell for a high value, but you haven't figured out if there's anything extra to do with those books? Not at all. So
0: each of these books, they are unique to each dungeon, and they come in three volumes, but I have not figured out what they are for, so I literally just
1: kept them when I found them. I never had to worry about the Wanderer Garden uh, taking too much time because I died way too quickly. For that to be a problem.
0: Or if you just leave the game alone and not pause it or something, then he'll just suddenly appear and kill you. The other thing is I see on my notes that the book on the pedestal increases your boner size, which I can either confirm or deny. (laughs) (laughs) For anybody that's listening at home, we shared notes, and uh, apparently there's been an addendum to my notes about what these books actually do. Logan, why would you do that? Hey, they're your fucking notes.
2: (laughs) Just imagine, like, buying one of the books so you can read it to your child and like, the middle-aged time, and then you just fucking realize when you open a book, you read it, and then, like, not even an hour later, there's just a green blob following you around.
0: So that's basically all I've got in my notes. One last thing to mention, for me at least, is when you get shop upgrades, you can get glass cases for the items you're going to sell, and these glass cases prevent thieves from stealing your stuff. They just can't get into them for some reason. So if you have a really valuable item and you're afraid that it's going to be stolen at any point, you could just put it in this glass case. The customers are able to get it out, but the thieves are not able to, for whatever reason.
2: That is really fucking retarded.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... As you get more upgrades, you get more glass cases to uh, to get them in. The other final thing was the armors that you get. They are specific to the dungeon. So the forest armor protects you from poison. The desert armor protects you from lava. The tech armor protects you from electricity and so forth.
1: And you get those through the forge?
0: Yes, you can get those through the forge. Uh, but you have to collect the items that are specific to that dungeon. So you have to collect the forest items to get the forest armor.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. See, I, 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 have no idea. I didn't <laughs> get that far. All right. Well then, Logan, final, final words on Moonlighter. Why were
2: the thieves so stupid?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, my tired mind is just going like, on. Like, these high class thieves can like just steal shit out your store, but no. As soon as it comes to glass, they just go. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what yeah I can see it, but I can't touch it.
0: (laughs) (coughs) You're going to be great for phasmophobia later. Any other experiences, Logan, besides the dumbass thieves?
2: (laughs) I have actually experienced a glitch in the game, though. I actually got trapped inside a rock.
0: And what happened? Really? Yeah.
2: Like, I had no idea how it happened. I just got trapped inside the rock. Was that during your stream? Yeah.
1: Cool, I'll go back and watch it. Was it, like, outside of the dungeon or in the dungeon? In the dungeon. Huh.
2: Like, for some reason, I glitched into the rock when I was trying to hit, like, the spitting chests, I'd say they were called. I'll just call them spitters. I was trying to hit the spitters and, like, Some reason my character glitched into the rock and I could not move until I defeated that spitter.
1: I had moments outside of the dungeon where I was like attacking boxes that couldn't be destroyed. And when you attack, your character does move forward a little bit. And sometimes you'd find yourself like your sprite on top of that box or inside that box, but you could usually just move out of it. But it sounds like that's not the case for him.
2: Yeah, it was like a weird coded... Maybe it's coded into the game where you like attack and you move a few pixels in that direction
1: so that was logan's entire experience (laughs) with the game shot thieves are stupid and rocks are glitchy (laughs) yeah
0: so banjo uh what was your experience with the game
1: i really liked it it's unfortunate that i didn't put as much time into it as you did i had a lot going on my ADD was really messed up, and I was playing like nine games at once, kind of thing. So this whole week has been kind of crazy. Uh, so I've been you
0: also got Age of Calamity too. So
1: yes, I did. I got Age of Calamity. My wife's been super into Overwatch, so I've been playing that with her. Uh, there was a couple of games that have been on sale because of the whole thanksgiving black friday deals so i bought a couple of those games as well so my attention has been split up among several different games and it is unfortunate that i didn't put as much time into this game but i'm definitely going to be playing more of it because i really enjoyed it it's a lot of fun i like games like this i really like roguelike games i like the uh, the top down dungeon aspect of it it's very unforgiving but the challenge is fun You know, it it does seem pretty fair. Like, it does give you a pretty good uh, window to block or dodge out of things. Enemies telegraph their attacks pretty pretty well, you know. And some of the smaller enemies, you know that you can one-shot them if they get too close, and they're going to mess you up if they get too close. So you know that you can take them out pretty quickly. Larger enemies all have pretty pretty open windows you know like i said they telegraph their attacks pretty well to give you a chance to dodge so it's not an unfair game it's just really challenging and i do like that aspect of it you know you can't you can't take your eyes off the game for a second when you're in an occupied dungeon room with monsters because they can mess you up in an instant but you can also get through that whole room untouched if you know what you're doing so by that you know i think the game has a lot going for it. It's a really good game, and I really, really enjoyed playing it and definitely will be playing more of it in the future. I suck at running a shop though.
0: So. I was the one that got the furthest, and there's so many different tips and tricks that you can use in order to be pretty successful. One of them would be to hoard all the items that you can, figure out what ones you need to upgrade your stuff with, and then sell everything else. I would keep all of the red crystals that you can find, use items, use weapons that give you a further reach, uh, so you don't have to be all that up close and personal Different stuff like that really, uh, really benefited a lot. I was actually able to buy every single upgrade. The
1: only thing that I don't have is the tech stuff, but... And those red crystals you mentioned actually allow you, like the potion shop, once you have the potion shop uh, paid for and in your town, you can enhance any existing armor that you have to give you better stats. They increase your armor, increase your health. Well, some of them will increase your movement speed, so you can keep enchanting what you have to make them better until you have the items to get a better set of armor for a different dungeon.
0: That's exactly right. But with each upgrade that you get, you have to re-enchant your weapons. So uh, just kind of up to you on what you want to enchant, what you think is worth enchanting as well. My experience with this game is essentially each and every single dungeon kind of follows the same beats where each enemy is unique. But every single one is sort of generally along the same line. Like, you'll have hazards on the floor that you have to dodge, like poison, lava, electricity. Those are just incredibly commonplace. It's just the thing is, it just felt kind of like facing the same boss so, I mean, same dungeon over and over and over again. When you get to the new dungeon, it's essentially just starting from square one. You're figuring out the dungeon, you're collecting items, you're selling them, you're getting the better armor, and then you're able to go to the boss and beat him. That was basically the entire game. It wasn't a whole lot of newness because... Almost every single level was the same, except for a higher level of difficulty and better value of items that were offered through the game. There are some unique enemies. But generally, they sort of follow the same sort of lines. There are enemies that spit out poison or lava onto the floor as you're fighting them, and you have to dodge that. There are some normal enemies that will just shoot general stuff at you. Just, It's a good dungeon diving game to just kind of turn on and go. I'll listen to music in the background or I'll watch other YouTube videos and just kind of enjoy myself but I can understand why some people might drop off a little bit early <laughs> and kind of find the game to be a bit eh, monotonous. Because by the tech dungeon, I'm just like, this is the sort of same thing I've been doing this entire time. Just a, kind of a different theme. That's really all it was.
1: I just picked a nose hair. Now my eyes are watering. Cool. Totally. just to the experience of the game. That's what it is.
2: You sound like a, a fucking bee on X. I say...
0: <laughs> there is a lot of... Fun. This game is a lot of fun. And I will say that the, the shopkeeping is a very novel idea. And it's pretty rewarding, especially when you can figure out the price, and you can sell bulk items, and you get just a ton of money by the time you get to the tech dungeon. You'll be just rolling in dough. But eventually, the, you just have nothing else to buy. So, it is super fun, but... I guess you've just got to have the same brain as I do where I just find the simple stuff pretty, pretty fun. I'm like, yay! (laughs) (laughs) I still have yet to see what the wandering items do, and I still have yet to beat the tech dungeon. I do plan on finishing the game and seeing what the uh, last level is. Apparently, it's just the boss, but I'd like to see kind of how it all resolves itself. But that's sort of everything on the game
2: make sure to contact us if you want peaches to do an actual speed run with the broom
0: with the broom. Oh God, we're not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to do that. We're going to see how far you can get. Yeah, That broom is no good. Oh man. I'd be whacking. I'd be whacking <laughs> away. at just the same golem over and over and over again.
2: <laughs> I'm sure you'll find a mod out there to make it like the most powerful weapon there is.
1: So that's Moonlighter, everybody. Bum bum, bum bum, bum. Hey!
0: Yeah, go play it actually, because it's a lot of fun. It's free on the Xbox Game Pass.
1: We, we had quite a lot to say about Moonlighter. I was actually surprised that we talked so much about Moonlighter. There was so much. And there was actually one last thing that I never got to. I think it was
0: something really small. Uh, just the fact that I don't think we mentioned what the goopy stuff was. And apparently it's interdimensional pathways uh, to like different worlds or whatever.
1: Speaking of different worlds, Logan, what are we playing on the next podcast? Or playing for the next for the for the next for the for the? We're the, gonna
0: live stream it for
1: the next <laughs> podcast.
0: It's called <laughs> Scat Man. <laughs> okay, next
2: game we shall be streaming. No, next game we shall be reviewing as Nexomon Extinction.
1: Nexomon. Gotta maybe catch them all and hopefully they don't die. <laughs> <laughs> STDs. Nexamon extinction. Gotta catch them yes. all. STDs. And it...
0: <laughs> oh, <Okay. no. laughs> what the hell is this game?
1: So,
2: okay. Basically, Nexamon as. as off yeah, you go <laughs> ahead. As, uh... Sorry, Banjil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, you go ahead. Make Basically, sure you got
0: steel toe boots for this <laughs> podcast because we step on each other's toes.
2: <laughs> Basically, it started off as an app for iOS and Android called Nixomon, which grew in popularity within the Pokemon community and within role playing community because people seen it as like quotations a Pokemon clone, but it actually like, grew its own fandom and it's like. It's got kind of a meta community. Like, it has many fans, but not many people talk about it. As, like, it's...
1: The game is very meta as well. I have never heard of it. <laughs> okay, so I've I've played it for a little bit. I actually have it on Switch and for PC. I bought... I... I pre-ordered it uh, on or not pre-ordered it, but I bought it off of like Amazon or something of a hard copy for the switch. And while I was waiting for it, it was on sale on steam. So I just bought the steam version to play it a little bit. And it's, it's fun. Like it's, I didn't get very far into it. So I'm actually kind of glad we're playing it for the podcast so I can play a little bit more into it. But the game is as far as I've experienced so far, it's very meta. Like it's very self-aware. It knows it's a game. There's actually a character in there that makes reference uh, like that all the time to the story or to the game itself. It's pretty funny. Like It has a a more of a I, I, I don't know, like grim vibe to it than Pokemon. Pokemon seems pretty upbeat. You're just going around collecting monsters to become the champion kind of thing. Of course, there's a group of baddies and whatnot. But in this, there's actually like... Uh, As far as I know from the story, yeah, there's just a destruction. Like, there's a bad Nexomon that's turning other Nexomons against humans to kill humans. Like, that's that's the thing in this. And uh, I'm assuming that's why the game is called Nexomon Extinction, because you're trying to collect all these Nexomon on your team so you can battle the bad guys that are like this cult or whatever that are trying to aid the Nexamon in extinction. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in there. So it seems like the, the Nexamon are actually trying to actively destroy humanity, and there's only a few safe spaces, like safe towns, that are left for humans to live in because they're being constantly murdered by these creatures. That's, that's as far as I've gotten in it so far.
2: I believe that describes it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just put a cricket sound effect in the background there.
2: <laughs> well, I we don't right. want to talk too much about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But uh, what would you say your predictions are for it, uh, Logan? Have you played it?
2: Yeah, I actually streamed it like, when it actually first came out. <laughs>
0: So the next podcast is just gonna be talking about my experience of the game.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna restart it and like actually pay attention to the dialogue and try not to get
1: lost. <laughs> not skip through everything.
2: Yeah, but the narrator's voice sounds so fucking familiar from the like an anime industry and I cannot put my name on it, like finger on it. Like I have done research for it. I cannot find a narrator's name. Like, there is some voice acting in the game, but that's
1: about it. Yeah, this actually is a fairly new game. Like, it didn't come out this month or anything, but it did come back. Uh, It came out in August 28th of this year. So, it's still fairly new, still fairly fresh off the presses. So, there's not a whole lot... um, on the game actually the game itself does not even have a Wikipedia page which is surprising because I thought everything had a Wikipedia page hell I probably have a Wikipedia page but it does have a wiki uh, with a lot of stuff on there for its gameplay and stuff like that so it's essentially uh, all all new so we're gonna be experiencing this game from the from the get-go I don't know why I clicked over to my moon later notes uh, I, but I did.
2: Yeah, uh, you basically start off with, you can choose from nine starters, but you could find the starters later on in the wild of the ones that you didn't pick.
1: Yeah. So that's one thing that I noticed in the game. Like, so the short amount of time that I played in the game, I realized that certain Nexomon are considered rare or ultra rare, common, uncommon. So all the starters that you have, you don't have to worry about just like picking a starter and not getting all of the others. Like you said, there's nine starters in the game. And all the others can ultimately still be found in the wild, but they're just rare Nexomon. So if you find one, you definitely want to catch it. And that's, it's interesting. I I liked the aspect of this because it feels like it's going back to Pokemon roots almost. Because a lot of the new Pokemon games, you have like a... EXP share right away. So when you are leveling up one of your pokemon, it levels up your whole party kind of thing. That is not the case with this game no, as far as no. I've discovered. Uh there might be an EXP share item later on in the game, but it's not at the beginning. So you are only leveling up the next mon that actually see battle.
2: Speaking of pokemon, uh Nintendo is broadcasting something at the end of the year from the from the international space station. What? And no one gives a fuck.
1: No, I care. I No, nobody like else.
2: Nintendo's broadcasting something from the... Oh, God. Rock this. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> Nintendo's broadcasting something from the International Space Station. Uh, let me find out the exact date. Because everyone has a speculation it's for the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Because you know time and space.
1: That would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. That would be okay. I would hope that they would I, I figured that they would bring it to the Switch, right? I mean, they're not giving two fucks about the two DS, three DS thing anymore. Their entire focus has been on the Switch lately. Which makes sense. I mean, it's it's a portable and home console. Why would you want to put stuff exclusively on a portable console when you can when you have this I don't want to say powerhouse because it's not, but it, in comparison to, like, the 2DS and 3DS hardware, it's a hell of a lot more powerful than those. So, like, why make games for those anymore? Do they still make games for the 2DS and 3DS? No,
2: they uh, actually got discontinued from making games last
1: year. Really? Really? Yeah.
2: But the Nintendo Wii is still sells also... fucking Just Dance games.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. I know that they're uh, shutting down all, like, online servers for the Wii U. Like next year i think in march they're finally discontinuing the online service for uh super mario maker or whatever for the wii u and that was released pretty close to the end of the wii u's life so that'll pretty much mark the end of like almost all online services for the wii u
2: yeah also i looked up the date it's new year's eve from the international space station
1: new year's eve that is, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that, because that sounds interesting. It, it makes sense that it would be a Pokemon game.
2: Like, I have this joke that it's going to be Ken Sugimori just riding a giant plushie. <laughs> like, in space.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: space cowboy! So, Banjo. But yeah, next one. <laughs> you yeah. do not have a Wikipedia page, <laughs> but I found a few interesting things. Oh, go on. I found stuff from 2013. Oh. I found your Reddit. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Stay off that. Oh, it's too late for that. And I think I found your Teespring,
1: too.
2: What
1: the hell is a Teespring? Oh, yeah. Teespring. That was back when I was like first starting pixel art. I had a there's a thing, a TeeSpring where you can put designs on t-shirts and stuff and sell t-shirts and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I created that a while ago just to see like if anything was of interest. Of course, nothing did. Nothing was interesting at all for anybody to buy, but I put forth the effort to try to see if there was anything that I could do, but my pixel art was garbage, so
0: How long ago was this?
1: This the Teespring thing? Oh man, we're going back in time here. Yeah, how long ago was the Teespring? It had been? to have been like, oh, it had to have been like two years ago or something. Uh, two or three years ago. Okay. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say, couldn't find a Wikipedia thought, page, but when you, did, <laughs> I found everything else.
1: Yeah, it's it's not hard to find me on the internet, and uh, I I pray I pray for I pray for anybody that does find any of my stuff on the internet. <laughs> Back to Nexamon and everything it's I'm actually really interested in playing more of this game because apparently it has over three hundred uh unique Nexamon to capture in this game, so that's pretty crazy that you know a game i don't want to say it's a Pokemon clone because it has its own base following and everything and Pokemon can't really hold the capital on monster hunting or Uh, capturing games and stuff like that it's just the cornerstone of that particular genre i guess there are several other games out there like that like what is it uh dragon rancher isn't that one monster rancher thank you monster rancher and then you know you got digimon digimon games let you do that stuff right that's more of a a capture game and stuff so there's there's other games out there that are
2: Uh, sometimes
1: yeah so there's, there's other games out there that have that genre. It's just Pokemon is the number one that people go to, but I'm excited to see all the different designs they have for the Nexomon in this game. And I actually really like the art style. The art style is really nice. It's, it's not pixel graphics. You know, they actually have two dimensional sprites on the game and they look really nice. The graphics look nice. And the game just, when I played it for the short amount of time I played it, it, it was a lot of fun and it was very pretty. I, I liked the game. It looks really nice. So I'm interested in playing more of it. So apparently it just says, uh, yeah, you start off in an orphanage at the beginning, you get to choose your own Nexomon and you just start your life as a trainer uh, or in this game, a tamer. Cause uh, you're not really training them as much as they are evil little creatures that you need to do your bidding. But I'm, yeah, it says right here, uh, 381 Nexomon. Damn. Holy shit.
2: 381
1: of them. That's crazy.
2: Well, we better get catching.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to play a lot of this game to, to see all that there is. And the game is not very forgiving for what I've played. Like.
2: Oh yeah, uh, it's so really fucking difficult. Yeah, it's a very
1: challenging game. So I'm I'm very interested to see how far all of us get playing this game.
0: It's going to be uh, I'm skeptical, but I you know, I used to be a big Pokemon fan, so uh, I'm interested to see what this game has to offer.
2: You're talking to someone who like tries to Nuzlocke the hardest Pokemon games out there.
1: Really, you? The what? You play you do nuzlocks?
2: Yeah. and well, oh, yes, on my phone, but they're so fucking terrible and like even this game is so unforgiving like trying to grind is almost impossible yeah it's really difficult unless you go to the right areas
1: yeah it's gonna be a fun one i'm very interested to see how three or how far all three of us get in this game before the next podcast
2: so uh if you guys look at the starters right now who are you going to choose
1: the starters.
0: Let me take a look I'm, real quick. I'm not looking at the starters. I'm looking at, at Banjo's search history.
1: Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad for you if you do that. I'm huh. sure I don't know, level man. Level I, level. I think I think we've got the the very similar interest. Oh, okay, cool. They have like nine starters. Okay, so there's a ghost guy. There's there's a normal element, an electric fire plant psychic wind and water it looks like uh i think i'm missing one rock okay they're pretty pretty adorable actually i think when i first started it i played i started out with the ghost guy cuz i like how he hasn't he, he's holding his head he's kind of like beheaded little nexomon but i think for this one i might go with uh gikogo geckoco geckoco Yeah, the electric little gecko, because he looks really stupid, and I love him.
0: (laughs) Probably Noki, but that's just because water is my uh, typical go-to.
2: And I think I will choose the little rock T-Rex.
1: The little mineral guy? Yeah. (laughs) He's got little nub arms and chicken legs. legs. He's adorable.
2: Well, looks like we better, yeah, train... They're shinies? Wait, they're shinies? Yes, there's shiny
1: equivalents of the starters and Nexomon. Oh, dang. shiny
2: and normal equivalents.
1: Do you think there's shiny equivalents to all the Nexomon or just the starters? Dang. I'm going to say all of them. This game has... You can tell that Pokemon definitely plays a part in the inspiration to this game, but it definitely also has its own form of combat. Very similar to uh, Temtem. Yeah. So Temtem is a MMO monster capturing RPG and it has the same kind of playstyle as that. Because if I remember correctly, your Nexomon have stamina and your moves take certain bits of stamina and then you, you attack and the more powerful your moves, the more stamina it takes. And then once you run out of stamina, your Nexomon basically have to rest to build up that stamina in order to use more powerful moves again. So you have to be very strategic Uh, with your combat, but I can't remember all the details. So I'll definitely go more in depth with that on the next podcast. But I remember it's not like, like Pokemon has (laughs) PP, but you know, your, your your PowerPoints, I'm a child. I'm sorry for this move, (laughs) (laughs) which he tells you to go deep. I'm a child, but I'm i I'm going to go ahead and install this game right now and I'll be getting getting on it here very shortly. So once we end the podcast, it will be a good time to start. Oh, shit. (laughs) I think he wants to
0: to stream something. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I did not stay up to almost quarter past one in the morning just for you to fucking bail out on me again.
0: (laughs) See, he's very upset because he wants uh... He wants to actually survive a round of phasmophobia. Best of luck. Hey,
2: I survived the, the first two games we played. Just Linda made my PC crash.
0: Yeah, after you threw your flashlight at the ghost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. But there we go. That what? Hold on. Actually, Peaches, you didn't give your predictions on the game. I thought I did. I thought I said... I really enjoyed Pokemon, and I'm
0: interested to see what this is like. Uh, I can imagine it has very similar elements to Pokemon with uh, some variation. Um, Let's see. What
2: else? You get to customize your character, which is pretty neat.
0: You mean customer characterization?
2: Yes. Anyways,
0: (laughs) uh, you know, I don't really have too many predictions because that's basically what I can think of, is it just looks very similar to Pokemon. And I'm interested to see sort of what they... uh, what they divert away from that very popular franchise and how they kind of become their own thing instead of just being what would be a copy and paste version, but we'll see.
1: Heck yeah. And that'll about do it for this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. It has been a pleasure having you. It was a lot of fun. I know we kind of went off the rails on a, especially at the beginning, but (laughs) it's, it, It's been a it's been a very fun one. So uh be sure to follow us on any of our social medias. We're on Twitter at Joystick Loons, on Facebook at Joysticks and Lunatics, as well as a YouTube channel that we have where we also post the podcast if you don't have any other means of listening to it, or if we want to post anything that may be game related or just silly in general that includes any of us, or maybe all three, you can find us at joysticks and lunatics on YouTube and you can catch this podcast on any of your pod catchers. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google. And apparently you can find us on Apple. Uh, I just, I contacted the support and they said that it was under a different ownership. So I think I was just logging in under the wrong username. So I'm a doofus. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> We're on everything. So be sure to listen to us on whatever you want. If you want to, you can refer us to a friend. Whether you love them or hate them, it can be good either way. So be sure to also give us a rating if you don't mind. Ratings are super helpful for us early podcasters. It helps spread the word and everything. So you can send out any tweets or Facebook, share us on anything to get the word out and get more people to listen in on this, this thing that we have going and uh, be sure to follow us on any of our own personal Twitter accounts. You can find me at Benjamin You can find me uh, at overpower
2: peach. And you can find me at the chubby nerd one.
1: And be sure to watch the chubby nerd on Twitch as we will be streaming uh, or he will be streaming a lot and will occasionally include streams that will also include, uh, myself as well as Peaches. So be sure to follow him on there to watch all of the silly Scottish, uh, antics. And speaking of Scottish antics, Logan, how about the, uh, insult of the week?
2: Uh, I have been holding this on for a good week now. This is a good one. Okay, so... <clears throat> Your ma has a fanny like a skydiver's mouth and a face like E.T. had a cum stroke.
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. That's a lot. That is a lot to deal with. Jesus, man.
2: You guys do know what Fanny is slang for, right?
0: Yes, yes, okay, I do. We've seen plenty yep. of uh Scottish Disney to know what fanny means. <laughs> I don't know, man. I
1: still think tits on a pigeon wins so far.
2: Tits on a pigeon wing.
1: That one is still pretty good. I really like the crayons one. I've actually used it. So. Where did you use it, <laughs> My brother-in-law. <laughs> He's asking me about how to do something in a game, and I'm like, I have neither the time or the crayons to explain this to you. <laughs> and he just stared at me with a blank face.
0: I'm going to try to use the pigeons one on my boss and see what see what
1: happens <laughs> all right well that'll do it for this week unless anybody has any final words
2: uh check spam mail
1: oh i i checked the spam mail this morning i didn't have anything
2: okay, new okay we don't have any spam
0: mail but we've got two people on the youtube channel that uh laughed at the video that i put out there of me licking a switch cartridge You're all welcome for that. It made their day. Tranquility Gaming said this made my day, and Guinea Pig said this was great. So thank you to those two.
2: I love how it has 11 views.
0: (laughs) It has 11 views? (laughs) That's our most viewed video. What the hell?
2: Uh, Tranquility Gaming is the guy I actually suggested our podcast to. He said his kid loved the intro music.
1: (laughs) Oh, of course. Well, thank you. That uh, that means a lot to me,
0: actually. So that's the uh, that's the mail in the comments for the week.
2: How do you feel, Peaches? Not <laughs> more people have watched you lick a switch cartridge than listen to our podcast.
0: Oh, I'm sure you're just giddy. You're super giddy <laughs> over there, like, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just so happy about it. I can tell.
2: Uh, you can hear the smile on my face.
1: All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. This has been a pleasure. Bye, everybody.